father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Hey coaches, this is Nick Bartlett, marketing manager here at Dr. Dish Basketball, and we're thrilled to be a part of the 2020 Championship Vision Virtual Clinic. Coach Kevin Furtado has been a great friend of ours for a few years now, and we greatly appreciate his commitment to growing the game the right way and providing great resources to the basketball coaching community. At Dr. Dish, we're always here to help as well with our state-of-the-art equipment, drills, and content. If you're ready to upgrade to the best training machines in the world and join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, Louisville, and countless others, we'd love to have you as a part of the Dr. Dish family. Remember, we take trade-ins on all shooting machines, including competitors, for significant discounts. And just by registering for this clinic, you're eligible to receive an additional exclusive $300 off your next Dr. Dish purchase. For more information, visit our website at drdishbasketball.com, give us a call, or shoot me an email directly at nick at drdishbasketball.com. And make sure to follow us on all social media channels at drdishbball. Do you want me to start? All right, coaches. Hey, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Uh, I got the great honor to be here with uh, Coach Mike DeVelvis, who is currently the athletic director at Lakeland High School. Uh, in North Idaho, okay, a beautiful area out there, but he's well known from being really, to me, the innovator and creator of the buzz defense, and um, Coach Mike's going to be breaking it down for us today uh, with some game video. This is a special treat. Coach DeVelbus, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you having me on. I'm real excited to be here. I'm going to try to talk a little bit. This is, I don't normally do this. I've had a lot of people ask me for game footage and so there's there's two things I want to accomplish today with this and I really hope this is helpful for people mm -hmm. one is I want to talk about the mentality that I think you as a coach have to have to run the buzz successfully and um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time because it may sound a little arrogant at times and I really don't mean for it to because I wouldn't I would be the first one to tell you that there were times where I wish I wasn't quite as fiery as I was as a coach um, and it may have cost me my career I don't know but 
Um, I also know the benefits that that fire and intensity have brought to kids and teams. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about that, but I also want to kind of talk through a few possessions here. This is kind of the first game that really put the buzz, I think, on the national map. This game that we're going to watch is an ESPN NCAA tournament first round game when I was at Green Bay. This is our game against Virginia. And Monica Wright is playing for Virginia. Um, they're an extremely athletic team. Monica is extremely athletic. Um, and you'll see a possession or two here at the beginning where we're guarding them man to man and they're just kind of slowly pulling away from us. You can see the scores 18 to 11 right now. We're having trouble guarding them in our man to man, which was a good defense. Those kids uh, set the third lowest mark in the history of the game for points allowed the year before this. And we were trying to run, we weren't holding the ball. So our man to man wasn't bad. But it just, there were some teams that we really, we just weren't going to be able to guard. It's that simple. Um, and so I want to show you a possession or two of that and then show you how the buzz kind of changes the flow of this game. So if you want to run a couple clips here, uh, we have a whole game on here. We're obviously not going <laughs> to spend the whole time watching the game, but I sure. want to show you some different situations here. We've we got about the last 10 minutes of the first half. Uh, and we're playing in Ames at Iowa State. So Great. Now, Mike, give a little briefing. I remember if this is the same team. I mean, um, Debbie Ryan, correct, was the coach? Yeah, this was her last game. Debbie okay. uh, retired, I guess, after that, this game. Um, so, yeah, it's the last game Debbie coached. And a uh, good friend of mine, Tim's on the, on the bench there. And uh, – is her assistant, so. Uh, and Gino, right? Gino, wasn't Gino assistant for Debbie? For Debbie yeah, Ryan? actually, <laughs> actually he was when they had okay. the Bird sisters were there, yep. Absolutely. And I don't remember who the other, she had two male assistants and Gino was one of them. And I remember seeing him at the final four. Um, yeah. yeah, I remember that. That was like 91, I think. So, yeah. yeah. All right, you ready coach? Yeah. All right. <laughs> On Friday, we'll crown the Division II Women's Champion live from St. Joseph, Missouri on ESPN2. Oh, ESPN I don't know. Can you fast forward? Are you you have these players fast forward this time. A little bit more. Offensive possession. Uh, uh, all right, here we go. This is no, – go back. I'm, there we go. Let's just let it go now. No, wait. Let's go back because at 9.50 is when we went. So the buzz. There you go. So we're running this possession here. Oh, we played one possession of it already. Nine fifth. Are you good right here, Mike? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's the first time we'll have five set defenders. We were in the buzz in the last possession, but we're running a blob play here, and we'll go back to the buzz. So. And even though they have audio there, they um, actually through Zoom, you, they can hear you pretty good and so forth. So. Okay. Um, okay. He picked up two fouls early in the game. Brought her back in later in the first half. And 40 seconds later, she picked up her third. Yeah, we put the ball over way too much. They're so athletic. We really struggled with their athleticism. So here we are. We get the ball 
stopped pretty good. She kind of starts to split our guards, and they did exactly what they're supposed to do. They finished together, got us a run out. You can slow it down when we get to the offensive or defensive end. Okay. If you can. Very slowly. Julie, her senior year was the first team All-American, one of the best 10 players in the country. Okay, so here we are. Our guards are a little offset. That's just something they do on their own. And you'll, yeah, can you just run that normal? Will that run normal? Instead of stopping like that? It might be hard for people to see. Is that how it's showing up for you? Is it chopping a little? Mike, talk about that possession right there. That's a great possession. You can tell your girls are really extended out there. Yeah, they fly around. They're playing with a lot of intensity here. If you can, it's chopping on my end. Is it running smooth for you? Yeah, it's running pretty smooth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like our floor balance. The one thing you see is the floor is balanced and everybody's ready to move. Everybody's on balance um, and the alignment's really good. Okay. We can just take it uh, possession by possession if you want, okay. Coach. Yeah, I would like then, to. That'd be good. Okay. You mentioned some of those key wins for the Phoenix in route to the 27 and 4 record. Yeah, we had some really good wins that year. We started the year 16 and 0. Um, and uh, got a little nervous, I think, actually. Lost a couple games in the league that we shouldn't have. Uh, but it was just all part, part of the makeup, you know, I think part of the journey. Oh, there's a timeout now, so right. okay, here we go. So here's a buzz possession. Oh, no, he went back man-to-man. -man. Oh, no, we're buzzed, sorry. So we're keeping the wings a little deeper here, and the kid, they did that on their own. Um, our guards are still pressuring pretty well, but our three and four are staying back uh -huh. a little bit more just because of the, I think, the athletic threat that they possess, you know. But our guards are still up providing some heat on the ball so they don't get to just pick us apart, you know. I don't want people just to be able to stand there and, and look over the, the our defense and direct people, you know. I want pressure on the ball all the time. Yeah, and on that shot, right? are you willing to give up that shot right there a little bit, I guess you can call it? Yeah, the I think so, especially okay. because that shot is so rushed. You watch the kids shoot the ball against this, and it's just a little different. It's out of their normal rhythm. That's the biggest thing. I think one of the things we have to really look at as a coach is to look at what, what am I creating? What types of shots? Are, there, are they getting and taking, you know? Now, that's their best player taking a pretty tough shot there, Monica, right. you know, in the short corner. I like giving that up, but um, let's see what we got here. Yeah, that's a good trap there. Sprint off the trap, very good. Our five-man is right where she's supposed to be. And it really, well, we lunge. That's okay, though. We lunge, but that doesn't mean that we're going to give up a shot. We fight back. That's a great possession to watch right there. Yeah. 
see, this is what a lot of coaches can't tolerate and you really have a hard time with is Julie lunged for the pass and it created a kind of a five on four, but they're still, that team is still rushed to try to attack it and take it on. Now they're not running their normal offense. Right. Five minutes before is picking us apart and causing us a little bit of problem. We're speeding them up, you know, and that, I really like that. And so every shot they take is just a little quicker than in their normal rhythm, you know? Mike, and I, uh, I want to run that back because yeah. it, it seems to me, the one thing you've, I've always learned from you is you better have a good five in the yeah. middle. Um, and that girl Smart. did a great job. And I think she covered down, held her ground. I mean, that's great. Can we watch that again? Please. Yeah, Kayla – Kayla was a really, really good five. She was really smart. Um, just really understood the game. Uh, he made that, that defense look really, really good. He's the one that stopped me about 55 minutes into an hour clinic and said, can I make a point to everybody? I said, sure. She said, just funnel the ball to me. That's what the buzz is. Funnel the ball to me. And she's right. That's what you're doing. See now, see, oh, can you pause that? The ball went up on top. You saw how 32 stayed back and didn't really go up. She stayed back against the the block, the player on the block, and she was right. still able to get to the wing on the catch also, you know. But because they were looking to throw the ball from the top down to the baseline, so we – just kind of sat on those double low posts and took that away, you know? Right. Um, and you have, um, I guess, kind of looking back on that, are your wings um, preventing that corner? Pass? Were they, so they trying to con uh, hit the corner, the baseline, or you were saying they're trying to get the ball from, you know, from maybe the point, from the point to the block. Okay. Okay. And we wanted, we were taking that initial pass away, and then once they entered it to the wing, we kind of just went normal then. Okay. All they right. did that on their own. I didn't do that. They did that on their own. We ran a lot of dribble drops in this game too, especially in the first half. We get some of that pressure off of us. They were guarding our motion. They're really. That's how you would guard motion is with ball pressure and make it tough. So, all right, more buzz. See that that five being in the right spot there on that penetration. That one too was really good. Yeah, yeah. Then she thinks that pass is open to the block, and the three runs into it. You know. Talk about that last one, Mike. You guys did a. I mean, you guys are scrambling, man. Like you say, man, they're flying around, aren't yeah, they? They're flying around, and they're trying to penetrate the two guards, split the two guards, mm -hmm. and they ran into the five both times. The five cut them off, and the last, the second time, she jump-stopped and tried to throw it to the block on the right-hand side, and our three-man, on that penetration, everybody's got to sink a little bit, you know. The closer the ball gets to the basket, the closer everybody else got to get to the basket. And so the three just kind of ran right into that pass. Right. Do you – I get – is your philosophy to try to force the dribble drive right into the five? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, funnel the ball to the five. 
I don't. I want people yeah. trying to attack us. I don't want them being really patient, swinging it, swinging it, swinging it, looking around. I want people to try to play aggressively against us. Yeah, and that's hard. That that's the mentality, right? As coaches yeah. and players, you got to get them to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and Love you that. have to. Uh, you know, some things you can do to speed people up is press, run some different kind of presses, <laughs> back to the buzz, some different things like that. The shot clock helps a ton. It helps a ton. So. Right, and we're adding the shot clock in this year, but on oh, a on a part time. Well, good. it's only for tournaments, but not full time yet. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I hope more and more of the country goes to the clock because it's sure. killing the girl high school girls game when you don't have the clock because they just are allowed to play the game so much slower without the clock because there's more possessions. You have to make quicker mental transitions because of the 30-second clock. And you have to teach kids how to play the game mentally quicker. It's like going from Pac-Man screen one to Pac-Man screen three, you know. And then when they go to college, now they're going from screen two or three to screen seven or eight or nine, you know. And uh, instead of screen one to seven, eight, or nine. Absolutely. I just think, I just think it's really important. Mike, you want me to continue on? Next possession here. Sure, um, a couple more possessions, and then we can have some questions, and I'll talk a little bit about mentality. I don't – you just cut me off if I start talking too much. No, no, man, it's here for you. I, I mean, we're, I'm here to learn. The coaches are here to learn. <laughs> you guys are making a big run on them, though, man. Yeah, we are. We went on 17-3, to I think, run to end the half. We led by as much as 13 or 14, I think. One by three. Seventh turnover on the cabinet. Put at Virginia's end with 24 seconds left on the shot clock. Right, two one two set. There you see, and there the team go. right here in the middle is Teshlong. They're trying to go two guard front. We're just pointing the ball. You heard me talk about that. We almost got that one. Great closeout. Yeah. Yeah. See, all the hands are up, up or out. You know, you look. You're just a little bit bigger. Um, now that ball in the short corner. Yeah, you better make them. We didn't get that cut off quick enough. Um, good for them. They made a good play, you know. But again, you look at and it's hard to see on this video uh, kind of what their offense really looks like compared to how comfortable they look running their stuff against the man to man, you know. Right. This is just so different. You don't see this and it creates. I would confusion, uh, anxiousness, speed up mentality in the offense you're playing against. And the biggest thing that I think the buzz does is makes all five players on the other team be constantly mentally engaged in the game. Mm -hmm. Every possession, they have to be completely engrossed in the possession. And, and I think it wears you down over a time because kids aren't used to being that as engaged as it takes you to play against that possession after possession. Does that make, if that makes any sense? It makes a lot of sense. Um, and it looks like on that possession, Mike, your forwards, I call them, uh, 
your your bottom forwards yep. were sagging. They they weren't up in the passing lane. Right. Was that was that a plan no. of attack? No, not by me, by them. Oh. See, and okay. that's what makes it really cool is they just when kids what you want them to do is you want them to figure out what the offense is trying to do to them and okay. take that away. They're sagging because they're trying to put a shooter on the baseline. Okay. When it's on the wing. And so they're not going up and guarding a non-shooter on the wing, but they're not letting them throw it to the shooter on the baseline either. You know, they're very aware of where Monica Wright is, and they're trying not to let her get it. She's still got like 26 or something, but she's just really good. But yeah. a lot yeah. of the adjustments that are made here, the girls made on their own. Hmm. And that's, and that's something yeah. I really enjoy as a coach um, is, you know, something I'm really, really proud of. I've, I've had a lot of kids that have played for me through the years that have gone on and coached. Ten right here is now the head coach at Stout. The girl on the left, Eichler, I think that's Sarah. She's the an assistant at Parkside. Uh we, I just have had a lot of kids through the years that played for me at LC in Idaho that have gone on and coached and done really well. And, um, I think developing leaders is really, really important. And I think you do that by empowering, you know, empowering players as players. You know, you teach them – you have to teach them the how and why of the game. And I think that's really important. Women want to know that, I think, more than guys do. Sure. To explain the how and why of the game and then let them, at least in the buzz, in the man-to-man -man defense, you, you have to be in your spot on the floor based on where the ball is in relationship to your player all the time. you got to be in the right. There's not a lot of gray area, right? In the buzz, there's tons of individual freedom to make reads and – lunges and stay backs and not pressure in this situation um, that I think really helps empower and grow leaders. And that's one of the things I love about the defense. I love when a player comes to me, I always did as a coach and say, Hey, what do you think about trying this? What do you think about? Like I love late in a game in a tough situation and saying, all right, what do you want to run? You want to play man or you want to play one buzz? You want to go 2-2-1 two, two, back to the buzz? What do you want to do? Because now when they commit to something, they got they take ownership in it. It's theirs. You know, it's not mine. It's, it's ours together. And I think when you can get kids to take that kind of ownership, I think any organization, or you get people to take that kind of, of uh, ownership and responsibility in the business world, man, you can create some really cool things. And that's what I'm really, really proud of these Green Bay kids. They were, they were really, really good at that. That's a great selling point, Coach. And I, I, I firmly believe that. Um, <laughs> but I think, Mike, you tell me if I'm wrong, that's probably why coaches don't run it, because they lose control. Well, you know, I think you're right. I'm reading a really good – I'm reading a great book right now by – John Maxwell called Developing the Leaders Around You. Actually, Ten gave that book to me or after her freshman year. And um, the first thing he said is there's many, many leaders that will not hire leaders around them. 
Right. And the ironic thing is every leader is only as good as the people around them. Mm -hmm. And when you hire other leaders, your whole organization goes to a whole nother level because nothing great is ever accomplished by one person. It takes a village to do great things. And um, there's a lot of people that won't hire leaders because they're insecure in their own leadership or whatever, you know? And I think that's really, really important. And I think a lot of people won't empower others because of that insecurity as well. I really think that's a, you know, and I think you have to, there's, uh, uh, there's been times in my own coaching life where there was, there's insecurity. You have to, one thing I'm learning being away from coaching now a couple years is in, in, in the real world out here, there's very, very few people that will really self-analyze, truthfully self-analyze. I think as a, as a coach, you are constantly, if you're a good coach, you constantly self-evaluate what you're doing. And even within a practice, look, think about how many times you think this drill is going to go a certain way and, and you're trying something and you go, no, no, stop, hold it. Let's, let's do this, this, and this. You're constantly self-evaluating what you're doing. That, if you don't, you don't last very long. And in our society, it's, there are not very many people that really will do an honest self-evaluation of why they're not great. Why, why am I, why, why are we constantly mediocre? That's a great point, coach. And I, and I guess it comes down to, they might self-evaluate, but are they willing to make that change, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Change is scary for people, man. <laughs> All right, here we go. A few more possessions here, Coach. You just kind of – I wish I was a better video guy to help you more, but I'm trying my best. You're doing great. This is good. I hope this is helping people. Yeah, you know, the other thing I'll tell you, Kayla is our five there. Kayla, can you go back to that possession? Can we get yeah. back? Kayla's only 5'11", maybe six feet. Julie White is six feet tall. We're six feet, six feet here. And our guards are a little bigger. Celeste, number four, is an All-American. She's only – okay, that was just a transition. She's yeah. only 5'6". Hannah, number 10, is about 5'7". And then Adrian Ritchie plays some two. She's about 5'11". So – and then Eichler's our three. She's 5'11", maybe six feet. We're not very big, you know. Um, and, and so that might be helpful for people too. I don't think you have to be super big and long. I think length really helps, but only if it goes with aggression. Yeah. Like this is a play I want to point out. If we can cover this, go back to Sarah's basket here. This girl is one of my all time favorites. Watch this kid here, make this basket and watch who takes the charge on the other end. Okay. Go back a little bit, Mike. Yes, please. To our offensive possession on the other end. There, okay. Let this run. Sarah's going to get a basket, I think. And she's right. No. Okay, coming up now. Okay. Should I go back or forward? Nope. Just let her run. Let's see if this is it. 
Hay was penetrated, but the pass went off the knee of Sensen. Here comes Virginia the other way. I'll let it run, let it run a little bit. Yeah, hopefully. Did we go back far enough? Let me see. Watch one more here. And I just think mentality is just so important. Okay, allow we me allow this possession and let it. Okay, let's okay. let this go. Yeah. Okay. Good job cutting the baseline off. We got to get that trap together, though, so she can't split the trap. That's the forward's responsibility. Hey, I'm actually studying your motion offense, too, Coach. <laughs> I'll tell you what, motion, watch this play right here. She scores, watch her. Watch who gets down to floor, that girl right there, 43. Watch who's taking yeah. the charge. That, that's right there, that's a Green Bay kid. That's what those yeah. kids did right there. They played their heart out, left their entire being on the floor. It was so fun to be part of that with them. Um, they just – they made everybody around them great. That's what they did. Yeah, that, that's a special program right there. Right? Was, was it just a mix of players that you had and your coaching? Was that just kind of a good – I think um, it was a combination of all of it. I, I don't think it's not coaching. It's not just players. It's a combination of all of it and the mentality. Um, you know, the, the kids had a great they, – they like to talk about the Green Bay way. And, um, you know, when I interviewed for the job after Matt went to Illinois mm -hmm. and they hired Kevin, um, you know, the AD asked me, what's the Green Bay way? I thought that was kind of ironic because it's everything I'd done at Lewis Clark State at, for 14 years. And it, and, but the kids had a saying that epitomized it. It's not your shot. It's our shot. Our shot, okay. Our okay. shot. And um, you better take responsibility for doing it the right way. Doing it with your feet. Every time we went into the gym, if it was even a little three-person shooting drill, you know, and they're making cuts and shooting off the move, they every single shot mattered. Every cut mattered. The intensity of the cut, the intensity of holding your file through longer than you think, you know, the whole thing. All of it was important to them. And that's what greatness is. It's about seeking excellence, right? And those kids really embrace that. And you have to be willing as a coach to address it every single time. You know, Anson Dorrance talks about that in his book, you know, Training Soccer Champions. And he said, you have to nag. You know, you have to every single time. If you think it's important enough to teach, like for me, it's passing the ball your feet on the floor or catching with your feet in the air, or being in triple threat, or using your permanent pivot foot, holding your follow through longer than you think. Every time you see that violated, they need a verbal cue. They need a verbal cue. Doesn't have to be much, hey, block and tuck on the catch. Hey, catch with your feet in the air. Or if they're having trouble and it's multiple times, all right, everybody stop. No, we're passing off the dribble two inch push up. Little reminders. You don't have to be volatile. You just need to give them little reminders, and they need really quick verbal cues is a great way to teach. 
It's a tremendous way to teach. Um, you never say, don't do that. You better be able to say every time, do it this way. You know, block and tuck on the catch. Don't try not to catch with your hands facing each other. Block and tuck it. Or, you know, whatever you're teaching. Even the smallest detail. These kids embrace the detail. That's why I love coaching. That's a Green Bay way, too. But it was also the Lewis Clark State College way and the Idaho way. We didn't win 390 games in whatever, 14, 18 years or whatever, because we didn't do the detail. We had to do the detail because we were, in both situations, never the most talented team. Those were just both situations where we were never going to get the best talent. You know what I mean? And so you had to – you had to develop players. You had to play harder than everybody else. You just did. But I love that. I, I'm in the same situation now as an athletic director. We're in a much bigger league, Coeur d'Alene and Lake City High School. You know, they got 2,400 students. We got 800. And that's who we're competing against. Well, we got to do the detail. We got to do little things the right way. And I love, I love that kind of uh, situation. We didn't have yeah. the best talent at Green Bay every year, but we developed it. You know, we won more. We won four tournament games in that time, the four years I was there. We missed going to three straight Sweet 16s by two possessions, and we should have won both of them, both games. But it's the way it goes. Yes, Coach. All right. Um, hey, talk about that. Let's talk about – I love that because I really believe in the, the language of a, of a program, and, and I love those concise verbal cues. I love that. I want you to really talk about that. Um, I, I'm going to show a few more possessions. Is that okay? Yeah. Mike, talk about the verbal cues of the buzz defense because I, I know them because I've studied you, but I want you to make sure the listeners kind of know. Okay. Points. Yeah, let's do that. I'll talk about what I would tell the kids if I saw something. Okay. As one of the biggest things is you've got to anticipate. You can't wait till the ball's caught before. Hello, my name is Coach Charlie Miller, head master trainer with the TAC Basketball Academy in Dallas, Texas. I'm here to promote the upcoming Championship Vision podcast clinic series brought to us by Coach Kevin Furtado from Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. Coach Fortado is a well-respected, sought-after coach and found other coaches like him to share their best practices and secrets to success with players, parents, and teams. The clinic will provide two types of virtual clinics, lecture style via Zoomcast and on-court instructions with coaches and players. Again, my name is Coach Charlie Miller from Attack Basketball Academy, where we work with kids from third grade through high school in a positive and growth-oriented atmosphere that promotes a whole body approach to well-being. Our programs are designed not only to improve your child's ability on the court, but also to teach him or her valuable skills that will serve them throughout their lives. You move as a player. And so that's one of the things I'm watching all the time. Move, move, move. Get early, you know. And then pressure. Depends on what people are trying to do to us. People that are are that we don't have to pressure because they're moving the ball quickly or speeding up for us, then we can do different things. We can sag more, do different things. You know, it just depends. But um, Fred Litzenberger taught me about teaching with verbal cues. 
<laughs> the old Fresno matchup. Yeah, Clark called the Amoeba. Clark's team actually played against the Fresno matchup when Boyd Grant and Fred were at with with um, um oh gosh uh, one guy's coaching the NBA right now Jim another guy Jim Thrash and I, I can't remember the other guy's name but they were all Fresno and they ran a Fresno matchup Tark was at UNLV well when Boyd went on to Colorado State. Tark put the amoeba in and won a national champion. He calls it the amoeba. It's Fresno matchup. Sure. Um, but Fred taught me how to teach with verbal cues, which was really, really helpful. You don't have to stop play. You just keep reminding them, hey, catch your feet in here. Catch your feet in here. Permanent pivot foot. Uh, square off to the basket. Get your wrist locked and cocked, you know. Like here, I'm, I'm going to be saying, get your hands up. Adrian, get your hands up. Okay. You know. And I, I, I will be – yeah. I, I don't want to start telling them where they have to be. You know, like, I don't want to be telling Kayla, get in front of that post right now. I want them to play. Like, if Adrian's going to take it there, we're going to offset the guards, like almost a 1-1 alignment. Yeah, I'm sure. going to let Kayla just play. My five just kind of play and make decisions on her own, right? See, I never felt like this pass to the high wing, that one right there ever bothers us. You know what I mean? Now, see how they're moving the ball quick? They're not really looking to score. And now, like that possession there, I like that. We needed to be a little bit more proactive on the pass back from the short corner to the wing or to the point. And then it went back to the short corner again. I want to be more proactive there. And then we needed to trap that short corner hard. The wing, the four didn't drop quite far enough down there. But – the shot that that girl took in the short corner was very rushed, and she shot it off the side of the board. I love that. Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you that. Um, harder trap, harder trap. Uh, do you think that's, that's a major? I know with us, man. I'm telling girls all the time, man. Close that trap harder. Yeah. Is that a big weakness? It, yeah, it can be. You know, you want to play the passing lanes first, but once it gets near that three point line. And somebody has that ball. I want to trap hard. Yeah, I, I don't want easy vision. By Haywish, it's a fourth. That's how many averages per game from the point guard spot. And it's people to see kind of how we're playing a little bit offensively too. That allows us. I think your offense, our offense, created way more offense for Virginia than I wanted it to. Um, but we, for the most part, got five set defenders. See, now that's a really good possession right there in defensive transition. We got the five stopped at the top of the key. I think that was Julie. And then the two guards pinched together. That ended the half right there. That was the last possession of the half. So you saw about nine minutes worth of buzz there um, that was highly effective. Yeah, and so what's the talk? I want to hear this, Coach. What's the talk at halftime? Oh, gosh. What was the talk at halftime? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't I – don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, the one thing I do remember telling kids, and I always have believed this, especially guys will remember forever, okay, how many points we scored in a game. W women – 
they they don't remember that that often. Their their sure. thing is and and it's a deeper level. Honestly, it's not meant to be negative in any way, shape, or form. I think it's a better way to be. Actually, their things the relationships and the people. That's what they remember. You know, the only thing I tell I told them before every tournament game we played, every blue dot game we played. This is the one time you're going to play a game and you're going to remember forever. You're going to remember the rest of your life how you played in this blue dot game. You'll remember the rest of your life. You'll remember how many points you scored. You'll remember bad plays you make. You'll remember good plays you make. That's what these games are. And um, you don't, you can't focus on the end result. I mean, a halftime here is, hey, we got to do a better job of taking care of the ball. We got to play with an easy pass mentality. Um, I think we got to be tougher with the ball because our offense is creating some offense for them. We're not stepping across our body. We threw a couple cross the body passes um, that were that ended up in turnovers. But I think we were really good defensively. Man to man and zone and the buzz both, but they just kind of picked us apart a little bit with the man to man. And we start the second. And Matt did a good job here. I think he he put us in man to man, and we always struggled when we with what to start the half in, you know. And he did a good job here. I think, I'm sure that was his decision to play man to man, and because they spent the whole halftime talking about attacking the buzz. So I think we played the first six minutes of man-to-man defense, and it bothered them. We we went off and went up. I think we scored the first six or eight. We went up by 14 or 15 like that to start the half. And, um, yeah, that, those are the things I'm sure I would have said at halftime. Just, hey, we got to be tougher with the basketball because our offense is creating some – but, like, right there is a great possession. Jimmy Dykes is going through right now. You're I, seeing I, their, yes. This is the feed from ESPN. So you're seeing their preparation for what they're going to talk about when they come back on. And they're going to talk about Kayla at the five spot being where she needs to be. Like, there she's stopping the ball on the drive. And here's the start of the half. You can see. Green Bay ending the first half on a 23-7 run. 23-7 run to end the half. We score on a set play there. That's one of Matt's set plays that he brings to the party. And uh, oh, square. Kayla scored a nice basket off of that. We're man there. Monica Wright was just too much for us in man-to-man. Coach, so I, I, this, is where I love, this is the great part of the game is, so you guys came out in man. Was that a looking back? Was that a good move? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want people like these guys, I wouldn't have wanted them to get too comfortable playing against the buzz. And they just spent the half talking about what they were going to do to attack it. Okay. And um, yeah, I think it was a good move. Now, the next year, we did the same thing with Little Rock. We were playing Little Rock and we couldn't guard them man to man at all. Coach Foley does a great job at Little Rock. He runs a pairs motion. Uh, if somebody knows Coach Foley, you can tell him I said that. Uh, he and I played against each other when he was at Arkansas Tech and I was at LC State. We played each other the first time we ever went to Nationals. He's telling me how bad his team was. 
frick. They beat us by 16 running that pair's motion, and we couldn't guard them then either. Um, but against Little Rock, they struggled with the buzz. And uh, we couldn't decide what we wanted to do in the second half. We decided to start in man, and they carved us up, boom, boom, boom. We had to go back to the buzz really quick. So sometimes it's the right thing, sometimes it isn't. You just have to have a feel for your team, you know. 22 in white. I think coaching's a lot. Coaching's a lot more of an art, I think, than it is uh, the technique. You know, especially as I'm away more. I totally think, agree. You know, I just think it's a feel. A lot of times, you do things by feel. You know, Coach, when do you want me to? Um, so, kind of give me an idea of when to go. Uh, kind of go. When do you start going back into the buzz? Help me. Uh, out. I think around. 12, 12 minutes, 13 minutes, so four minutes ahead. So if you go under the A, go all the way under the A in Virginia, let's, or under the 31, let's see where we're at. Let's see what that looks like. Is this helpful for people, you think? What oh, absolutely. This, this is awesome right here. I love how we're breaking it down here. Um, well, people are able to see it okay. You can get some sneaky points from your baseline plays. Looked like they wanted to go to Haywood because she got all tied up in the lane. Off the wall. Monica Wright. Like I think we've turned the ball over three times on blob plays. And I always thought we were really good with our blob plays, but. The shot clock went up to 15. Yeah, turn it over there. Let's see if we get in the buzz here. See, that's what I mean by our offense, creating offense for them. When we make people play against five set defenders, we were really good. Defensively, the whole four years I was there, I thought we were really good. We had five set people. Yeah, you got to give Virginia a lot of credit here, too. They're just, well, that's a great offensive possession there. Celeste slips this down screen. Um, yeah, scores a basket here because they're switching the screen on the backside. Yeah, he's talking about 50-50 balls. Coach Jimmy Dykes is talking about how our kids are getting on the floor. Yeah, we're still in. Yeah, we're still in man. Still in man. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how much more. Well, I think we run it quite a bit in the second half, but we played a lot. After watching this again, we played a lot more man than I thought we did. Pass it in the lane, but too much traffic. Two on two. Hayward has right in the left. So wait for that. Left had a great game. I think she had 23. We're running secondary there. Set a back screen. We turned it over. I think they just took it out of our hands three or four times. Coach, when you um, so. I'm, I'm kind of trying to pick your brain here a little bit. When do you want me to go? You want me to move ahead? Because uh, I, yeah, I noticed let's move ahead to like nine minutes and let's watch a little bit. See what. See if we're in the buzz. If we're not, we'll just we'll go on and talk about some other stuff. Yeah, let's. Yeah, we're still man. They're running ball screen motion and lifting the post on the backside.
it's going to be immune. It's at eight forty right now. Yeah, let's let's let it run there. See what comes up. Greedy applies to Green Bay. They have extremely balanced scoring. White and Texlog have each led the team in scoring eleven times this year. Haywood averages thirteen point eight per game. Texlog fourteen point eight. And Whita. Great throws here. You can go ahead a little bit. Finally yeah. get your contact back in. NCAA career. The Cavaliers will inbound baseline under their own basket. Right, uh, Jimmy battled some fatigue problems. Yeah, what a buzz here. This is a buzz blob right here. See how tight we are? Yeah. We fly to the ball, we'll fan out. Down the three is with the Edwards. I think that's the only three they made against us. No, Monica Wright hit one. Don't change your defense based upon one make. Richie tried to answer to the three. With the Edwards. With the Buzz here. With the and her team sister Brittany on the team. Their dad Lou Edwards. Good set. Like our alignment there. Got a good trap on the wing. That was anticipating that pass to the corner because there's no low pass. Talk about that a little bit, Coach. Um, that was a great trap right there. Yeah, she had a really good trap, and Kayla's our five is starting to read the shoulders of the passer. She's trying to survive in that trap, and she's pivoted and starting to look to the corner, so Kayla doesn't have to worry about the block. So she's trying to get out there to be a really good five. Could almost get a hand on that pass to the corner if you can anticipate really good and you have a good trap, or if the wing's a little bit higher. And she, excuse me, she was really good at that. Two green jerseys trying to swallow her up. Will that formula get Green Bay a win? Like under eight minute timeout. So before there were quarters. <laughs> All the way down to three. Half in traffic. Green Bay wants to know where's the foul. Here's Kellen going the other way. Why they got hammered, huh? Right in front of the rim. We're out of it. Let's move on. It's going to be spotty now for a while. That gives people a few clips and stuff they can look at. I think it's going to be spotty how much we run it. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, so, Mike, tell me what um, – uh, give me this – you just want to go – you want to give me one particular – you want to keep going here or you want to um, kind of – We'll just get off of this. We'll okay. We'll get off of the film and we can talk a little bit about mentality and give – if you have some questions for me and stuff too that you want to talk about. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, for me, I think, you know, obviously I didn't invent, I, I have, I've told people this before. The first time I ever played against it was a guy, um, I can't remember his name now. He was a head coach at Portland for a while when I was at Eastern Washington in the mid eighties. And then he was the coach at a, a little NAI school Pacific in Forest Grove, Oregon. And we played them in a tournament, us and Simon Frazier. Well, Simon Frazier's coach is Allison McNeil. If you've ever followed Mike McNeil and Allison McNeil and Mike McKay, all their stuff in Canada, they're really, really good teachers. But Allison had a great program at Simon Frazier. 
And they played us and Simon the two nights. Uh, we turned the thing, and we don't turn it over much. We turned it over 40 times. I was not happy. But I got stubborn trying to run secondary break against it. Well, you can't run pattern against the buzz. Well, I felt a little better the next night when Allison, who had two Olympians on her team, future Olympians, turned it over 42 times. Because I have a ton of respect for Allison and the job she does. So that dang buzz is hard to play against. And so then a friend of mine was an assistant for Jerry Finkbeiner, Julie, Julie Van, uh, Van Beek, who was an assistant for him at Southern Naz when I was at LC. And she was telling me about this defense. And I didn't realize it was the same one, you know, that, that I had played against. And he won four national championships with it. But the guards were back. They were back a little bit and flatter. But they had 6'4", Stu Njai in there. And like I said, I was in a situation at LC where we were never getting a Stu Njai. You know, we weren't getting that kind of athlete. And um, so I just was like, I just kind of played it off. I just dismissed it. And then, uh, then I just, I sat on it for a year and I called Jerry and he sent me the little diagrams, you know, with just the home basis. <laughs> where people are when there's the balls at the point wing and corner. And then from there, I just took it, you know, and just the first year we ran it, we were 26 and all and the number one ranked team in the country. And I'm watching what this does to, to teams, you know, and how it speeds them up. And, and then I couldn't get my kids to play man to man defense though, because they knew any time, they didn't play hard man to man. I just go to the buzz and we carve people up. Well, we weren't as good a team in March as we were in December because we got so reliant on it. We got beat on a half court shot at the buzzer in the conference championship game, the tournament championship. And so we went into the tournament, I think the fourth or fourth or fifth seed instead of the one. But uh, yeah, and it just kind of took off from there. And the next year we ran it again and we made the final four. Uh, lost to Oklahoma City, who was also running it, but they had a 29-year-old post player. It was six-seven from Nigeria, Taiwo Rafiu, and a girl who had played at Oklahoma was their leading scorer two years earlier, six-four, and <laughs> you know it was just a different animal, right? And we lost by 11, and then the next night in the title game, they're playing Auburn Montgomery, and they're up 50 to four at half. So. We feel, you know, we feel like we played, represented ourselves really, really well. And then the next year I went to Idaho. We had a lot of success at Idaho with it until we went into a league we didn't belong in. And uh, we played for two Big West titles. And then the next year we had everybody back and we're ready to go. And they moved us to the WAC, which is the current Mountain West with Hawaii and Fresno and Batak. We didn't belong there. <laughs> Um, so, uh, then we went to Green Bay. So, um, you know, those kids took it to a whole nother level, you know, and just, I think it was just the right people and the right place at the right time, you know, and, you know, we won, we've had, we had a lot of success there. Um, so. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, when would 
if you had to do it again, this is my question for you. Would you be more fully committed? Because I'm, and I'm kind of looking at it through my eyes too. Would you be more as a high school? Talk about being in a high school. Would you be more fully committed if you you were going into a really good high school program? Would you be really fully committed to running the buzz, or be more? I mean, talk about that. <laughs> That's a great question. So when I came back to the Northwest after. Uh, I got let go at Illinois. I coached club for a year with Dan in Nebraska. And then I came back to the Northwest. I wasn't sure what we were going to do. And, um, uh, looked at a couple WNBA assistant things that didn't pan out. And so I just wasn't sure what, what I was going to do. And um, NIC asked me to come and kind of mentor them. My daughter played there when they won a national championship. And they just asked me to come out to practice couple days a week and kind of learned. Chris kind of felt like they were getting stagnant, wanted to learn some different things. And so I showed him the buzz and we did that. And we end, he goes, I want to run nothing but the buzz. Mm -hmm. And I said, every possession? He said, every possession. And those guys, we won 19 that year with a team that wouldn't have, wouldn't have probably won 12 or 15, 12 or 13 actually without it. Um, I think if I was coach, and that, that taught me a little bit, with it you can do some different things with it if i was coaching high school this is what i'd do you, you coaching getting kids nowadays to play man-to-man -man defense the right way is really hard it's like teaching motion offensively those are both really long teaches teach all the reads coming off a down screen flare curl back cut you know pop all that stuff that takes forever to teach man-to-man -man defense takes longer and to get kids to play it as hard as you have to to have great success in it and that coupled with the fact that you have to pressure the ball to be successful in man-to-man -man defense i believe um officials won't let you play that way anymore the combination of the teaching time and the way the game is called now, I would run nothing but the buzz Love it. and Fresno matchup if I was going to run a second thing. That's all I'd do. I'd go 2-2-1 two, two, back to it or some different things to create different situations um, and some Fresno matchup because they're both based on home bases, so they're easy to do together. and the Fresno matchups just like being in man to man anyway. So you got to front the post, you got a low eye, you got a high eye, you got somebody keeping it out at a high post. And then when it goes to the baseline, you're denying reversal, just like you do in Dick's old system on the line, up the line. Um, and so that's, that's what I do. I wouldn't waste time because you don't have that much practice time anymore either. I'd run, me personally, I'd run nothing but the buzz, Fresno matchup, and I would spend forever uh, developing skills offensively and shooting. I would shoot a ton, a ton. Because that's another thing the kids at Green Bay could do is they could really shoot it. They could really shoot it. Shooting makes up for lots of ills. Yeah, and that sounds, and that's what, uh, of course, that sounds a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with the Alaska Anchorage coach. Oh, yeah. uh, um, he runs what he calls his mayhem, um, you know, 
yeah. is a mayhem system. Uh, and actually, it's funny you mentioned that we actually are, we actually run kind of a combination of what you're saying right there. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about, first of all, talk about that, the mayhem system that he runs kind of compared to what um, you, you would run. Well, I know the name. I don't, is the mayhem the 113? 113, absolutely. The yeah. Okay, well, I'm not really successful with that. Yeah, yeah. So he's running the, what Fresno, what the Fresno matchup. That's what I yes. thought he was doing. So the forward takes the first pass to the side. Yes. The two guards drop into the high post and the widened spot, which is your high eye if you were a man. Yes. And then the five fronts the low post. Five's going to do the same thing it does in the buzz, except for when it goes back to the point, they don't go up and take the high post unless the ball gets into the high post. But the guards are get back to a 1-1 alignment every time it goes back to the point. So those guards are working their rear end off. You got to work really hard in the Fresno matchup. They're your first line of defense. They, they cannot give up any straight line drive. They have to fan the dribble to the outside. Because just like the buzz, you don't want that defense getting narrow. You want it to stay wide. So you got to fan the dribble to the side. And they can never let the ball be passed in the high post. And if they do, it's, it's mayhem, whatever you want to say. I just say, I used to tell people in the buzz, if it gets in that high post, it's hell. That guy never wants to catch it there again, you know, or purgatory or whatever, you know, depending on what your faith is. Mike, can I share with you, uh, and this is what I was looking to do, is that your, um, your guard drill, and I think you might have seen it kind of in the video, can I do that? I want you. I want you to really analyze us and uh, talk about that a little bit. Can we do that? Yeah. Um, I don't hurt you. Hopefully, I don't hurt your feelings. Not at all. Not at all. I love that. Well, all right. And um, yeah, I remember watching the guard drill. Yeah. Yeah, the guard drill for sure. Um, so are you doing mayhem or buzz? Uh, buzz. Okay. And let oh. me. The Let thing me you can do is teach both defenses with the same two breakdown drills, the guard drill and then the, the forward, the inside drill. Yes, and let me, let me kind of get to that a little bit here. All right. Yeah, I remember watching this. Okay. All right. And I'm kind of explaining it here, so kind of bear with me, but. Like, this is one of the things I remember is that forwards are coming up too high. I don't want them. 
Because this pass here, unless I can steal that, but that's talk about that a little bit, Coach. What's that? Kind of, kind of talk about that a little bit, and we'll yeah. I don't want that forward up there. Okay. Good teams are going to hurt you back here in the baseline. Sure. That pass to this girl, that must be one of your assistants in yes. the gray t-shirt. When yeah. they pass it to her, that pass doesn't hurt us. What's she going to do there? Right. So I don't need to go up. If I'm the forward, I don't need to go up there and guard that. Unless I really catch that point guard sleeping and I can steal that pass because this guard here, the uh, uh, two, is going up and pressuring that point more and she can't see anything. She's got her back to the basket or whatever, you know. Then maybe I might go up there and cheat that. Maybe one time in a game I might get that. Right, right. But she, yeah. I think, comes up there, if I remember watching this correctly, she's coming up there all uh, quite a bit. Yeah, well, she knows she can get away with it now. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, I, and I love how you mentioned that. There's going to be some teams, Mike, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll be totally we'll be able to do that. Yep. Right. Yep. Not against the really good ones, correct? Right. See, that's good there. And then I'm, I want to let them finish that, too, just like that, so they learn how to finish runouts and stuff after steals. I think that's good to do. A lot of people will cut that short, you know, and say stop or whatever, right? Then reset, go again. I like it. that's good. Like you're talking to them about not getting flat here too, with their back parallel to the baseline. See, like she's flat. Well, let's see how we do when we get going. There's that's a good angle. The girl on the ball is too flat. I want her angled more. Okay, see that, stop that for a sec. See that pass right there is kind of a soft area. That's a tough one. You know, I don't want to take the wing and move her all the way over there, but if they keep throwing it there to start the offense, I'm going to tell that wing, you better steal the next one. Don't let them start it right there every time. Ooh, excuse me. But your girls have figured out that's a soft, this isn't their first time doing this. So they figured out that's kind of a soft spot to throw the ball. They don't really know who's supposed to guard it there. So if that happens, you just get as much heat on that ball as you can when you're playing in a game. When it gets somewhere you don't want it to be. Yes, and what I'm doing and what I'm going to do at the beginning of the year is we're going to be over-aggressive, Mike, and then we're going yeah. to adjust from there. Yeah. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but don't, don't you believe no, it? Actually, it doesn't because – uh, and that's one of the things I was going to talk about. And I talked about that when, when Julie lunged at that pass before uh, in the tape. I think as a coach, the more people will want to sit and pick apart, like, okay, what do you do if they put a player there, put a player here, put a player here. And they'll want to pick apart the defense and say, well, I do this or I do that. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. 
Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential. None of that matters. Don't allow yourself as a coach to get caught up in that. Aggression overcomes all alignments, all alignments. Yeah, and you can kind of see, I can kind of point at our big girl, six-footer. We have a lot of work. She's gotten a lot better, though, Mike, but mm -hmm. she is out of position a lot. But um, we have gotten a lot better. There. That's, is she your five on defense right here, the girl up at the top of the key? Right, yes. Okay. Uh, and she's, she's out of position now, and this has taken a long time ago. Yeah. Um, Just one, this one possession kind of evaluate here, Mike. Okay. Yeah, I like. Well, that's fine, I guess. Yep. Aggressive sprint off. Good. Your guards are aggressive. That's really apparent. They understand that mentality. You know, that's really good. Yeah. Um, you know, and the one thing the girl did, your foreman, when she went up that high, she didn't go on too high. She stayed there and locked down on that track. Okay. Now, a really good five. The other thing you can do if you want to bring that girl up like that and your five is staying in line with the ball in the basket on a pass to the corner from where she had her trap, that's a really long pass. A five should be able to intercept that pass. Standing on the block and steal the pass all the way down from that coffin corner at the uh, half line, half court line, right? Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's um, you know that's what we're really going to really work with our five on, even our big five, the big girl. We're going to probably go a lot of small lineups too with that. Yeah. Now it's almost a one-three-one when you start rotating like that. Yes, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, good friend of mine, um, Reagan Peebly, is the head coach at TCU. When she was at Fresno, and I, she might be doing this now at TCU as well, she would run the buzz. All she ran was buzz. And she'd go two guard front after make or miss, and then one, three, one set after the other, whatever that was. And that's all she'd do. Yeah, interesting. She had a lot of success doing that. Well, and what was the coach's name? Reagan Peebly at TCU. Okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, enough of that. Um, but kind of continue on, Coach. I, I just wanted to kind of – I want That's you good. to critique – um, not just me, but any coach is, is trying to put it in. Sure, sure. I think, I think the number one thing is your mentality as a coach. I think you have to buy into the fact that aggression is, is the single most important thing and is able to overcome any alignment, any weakness, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's just aggression. And I think you have to be able to look at the game and see what am I creating in the offense, you know. Uh, one of the things I got to give Matt Bolant really good credit for when I first showed this to him. Well, actually, I didn't show it to him. I let my friend Russ Davis show it to him. Right. Because the first summer I was there, I said, my, my buddy Russ, is. we had a game off in Memphis. We were at recruiting. And I said, let's go watch Russ's team play. And uh, so Russ runs nothing but the buzz. In the summer, he goes, what's his defense? And then I, I, I said, well, it's called the buzz. He said, you know something about this? I said, a little. And um, he goes, well, we should run this with our Green Bay kids. And so that's how it started. And, and he said something that I thought was really wise. And that was, you know, some people, I could see people getting out of this, you know, because you get scored on a couple times. But you're going to get scored on a couple times in your man-to-man, too. And you have to understand you're going to give some stuff up. Like one of the things I think is really important to understand if you're a buzz coach is teams are going to shoot a higher shoot uh, percentage against you. But what you have to look at, the important stat for you is how many more shots did you get than your opponent? Mm-hmm. And the shooting percentage is not – because you're going to give up some easy baskets. You're going to. But you're going to – you should be getting, in a high school game, 20 more shots a game than your opponent. We had against Virginia there in a the game you saw, at half we had 32 rebounds to their 17. Um, that was rare. That was really rare. But we were going to the foul line so much. We shot 23 for 25 from the line with about 10 minutes to go in the game because we didn't, they had, we had so many more rebounds because we didn't have to shoot that much normally, but we had so many more possessions that had to be guarded. We got to the foul line. Does that make sense? Sure. I think you have to look at your stat sheet different. um, If you're a buzz coach, than you do how many turnovers, how many steals, how many – you should have way fewer turnovers than your opponent. You should have way more shots. You should have way more steals. Um, those are the things that you have to value, I think. And not everyone does, and that's okay. It's just a different way people look at the game, you know. That's just – that, that's not right or wrong. It's just the way. And um, I, I don't think it fits everybody, you know. But – like Westhead used to say, Westhead told me one time, he said, I got fired 26 times. And he, I couldn't have taken that. I got fired twice. That was plenty. Right. And uh, he, he said, not everybody likes my system, but somebody will. Somebody will. So not everybody likes my defense, but someone might someday again. Enough to think I can help them, you know. I know you. I, I know this. You can win on a really, really, really high level. You can win a national championship running that defense. I firmly believe that. Right, that's a big statement. Yeah, at at the Division One level. At any level. At any level. I love that level. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. hey my, I want to show you something really quick because Rhonda Farney 
runs what he what she calls her swarm defense at Georgetown High School. Are you familiar with them? Georgetown in Texas. Texas. Yep. And she she's doing a segment on our clinics here. So okay. yeah, and she's gonna. I'm not gonna show you. I just have a a quick what she calls her swarm. I want you to kind of. And she only, I only have one segment here, so I want you to kind of take a look at it. Okay. okay. Thank you. This is fun. I enjoy this. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can get it. All right, let me go back. Okay. All right, here it is. Here it is. All right. It's kind of a short segment. All right. Uh, can you see that? Yep. All right. So are they running a one, one, three? I think they are. Yeah, um, it's kind of, and it might be like you said, it might be, um, it might be kind of how it's formed in a one one three. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This is Joe. Joe does this. McEwen does this at Northwestern. He runs a swarm, and he'll mix up kind of how they align to begin with. Okay. But it's always back to the Fresno matchup. But when the ball's up at half line and you're first coming across. It's uh, – they do different things with the guards. Like, he's playing way higher here. Almost looks like the buzz. But the right. five is so far back that I think the swarm is there. And and the four is in the passing lane kind of to the wing there. Okay. Right? And so they're kind of dictating where you're going to enter the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, now that was wise what they did against them is they put the big kid that the guard couldn't keep the ball from her and gave her the ball in the high post. She just threw the high top-down pass, which really wasn't there. She threw that away. If she looked opposite, I think she had something. But Yeah, and I'll, I'll send you – she did a great segment as part of our clinic sessions. I'll, I'll send you that. I want you to take a look at that. Yeah, I'd like uh, to see it. See, yeah. that, that in combination with the buzz – would yeah. be really, really good. You know? All right, that's, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, you're going to see a lot of that in the clinics because Jer uh, Jerry Finkbinder is actually going to do a segment too. Oh, good. Uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to get that solidified as well. You so, know, somebody that you need to get in contact with, a good friend of mine named Will Ray. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever talked to Will? I interviewed him on a podcast. Um, I should – uh, so Wills does, he believes in nothing but zone. He calls yeah. every spring he does clinics called zoners only. And, uh, he and I got to be really good friends. I love Will. He's a great guy. Great guy. Um, he'd be really good to talk to and get on your podcast. You've already had him on now. I remember that seeing that he's, he's really good. He likes the buzz as well. Actually his buddy, Ed Schilling, Yes. Who's now coaching at um, where did that end up? At, at oh, uh, Grand Canyon. Ed's at Grand Canyon now. Okay. 
Yeah. As and a head coach? His, head coach? His, he's the assistant. Okay. His wife, April McDivitt, played at Santa Barbara when I was at Idaho. And we were in the same league, and she played against the Buzz after she transferred from Tennessee. Okay. So Will got Ed and I connected when they were coaching at Park Tudor with Yogi Farrell, and they won two state championships. And April texted me, and Ed texted me after their games saying the Buzz won them two state titles. I think Yogi Farrell might have helped a little bit too. But, exactly. <laughs> for sure. But it was nice that they. So anyway, um, there's some more connections for you. Will Ray and Ed Schilling coached together at Wright State. Absolutely. Hey, hey, finish out. Hey, what do you want to go? Hey, kind of get a kind of finishes out here on where coaches mentality wise. Um, kind of complete our our podcast here. Where do they want to go from here, and how do they how can they transform their program and utilizing the bu the buzz defense on that to kind of complete your segment here? Yeah, I, you know, I, I I get a lot of questions from some people that'll just you can hear doubt and it's almost like they're doubting themselves. What I would say to you is trust it. I remember the, I'll give you a personal story here. I used to be a flex guy when I first started long time ago. And my third year as a head coach, we had won 16 and 25 in my first two years at LC. And I graduated a bunch of seniors was starting over to the third year. It was a tough year. I couldn't get only a one returning kid. And I couldn't get him to run flex. I couldn't get him to turn it over. And I called Don Meyer at Christmas. And I said, Don, I need your help. I, I need to go to motion. Because I feel like all the stuff I'm teaching with our fundamentals, you know, and the mini clinics and all that, we're playing better basketball and that stuff than we are when we're running flex. Right. And he said, well, that's motion. I said, exactly. And um, he said, I I'll send you a motion tape. So he sent me in post-exchange the simplest form of motion you could ever run. But we put it in, and I had a really good post player, the only kid I had returning. I put it in at Christmas, and I remember vividly the very possession offensively, and and because I'm not controlling anything. The kids are getting to decide, and I was really nervous. And I'm watching this, and my, my best player got a layup. I'm like, ooh, this is pretty good. And um, – it just, it just worked out for me, you know, and I, and I think you just have to trust that what you're doing is sound. And if you can let your kids go and you can teach the aggression, it's going to work out for you. And you're, it, you might just be surprised at how much it, you know, I love innovative things. I've always, and I'm, I say that, but I also am very old school with some stuff too, you know, um, I think even to a fault, but I think innovation is really good. I love what D'Antoni does in the NBA with five players all out, all their action taking place outside the three point line. That intrigues me. Um, I still think there's a ton that can be learned about the game. That, that we're not doing yet. You know, what that is, I don't know. Um, but I know that three-point line has changed everything. Right. And I love the innovation of the game. You know, I remember watching a old, couple years ago a classic game on ESPN Classic 
Horace Grant's playing at Clemson. So this was in the 80s, right? Uh, there sure. were, everybody at that time is running inside triangle, mm -hmm. three in, two out, because nobody's shooting the ball from 15 feet or longer. They're pounding that ball inside, and you got to have three thick, strong, physical guys that can score on the block, and they can pass high-low, turn and seal high feed. And they're passing up 12 and 15-foot unguarded shots in that game, in the ACC. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. That's how this game was played. And it was. It, the game was, in the mid-'80s, completely different game than what it is now. And it's going to change more. And I think that's exciting. And I think the buzz fits that. Look at how the Kansas City Chiefs are playing in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. They're just destroying people with speed of play. It's space and speed of play. And it's like when, when uh, what's his name? Um, ah, the coach at San Francisco with the West Coast offense, when that first started with all the little swing passes. And why can't I think of his name? Not Seifert. Oh, uh, Bill Walsh? Thank you. Bill Walsh. I oh, got yeah. a book over here. It's really good called The Score Takes Care of Itself. But sure, it's a great book. Great book. Uh, it is. It's a great book. And uh, he talked about the detail, how we answer the phone, how we dress in the office, all this stuff that's so yeah. important, you know, um, that seeks excellence, right? But I think, I think the buzz fits into that speed of play of the game, you know, and the buzz forces people to play. You can't run plays. And it forces people to be mentally engaged every possession, the whole length of the possession. And I think it exposes bad fundamentals. Poor passing teams really get exposed. Jerry, that's the one thing Jerry and I completely agree on with the buzz. Um, I just think it's fun. It, and, and you have got to <laughs> – Speaking from somebody that believes in the same drills, the same – actually, I'm not a big drill guy, but the same practice plan day after day after day and get really good at what you do because it's so game-like anyway. But you've got to have a quotient to fun in what you're doing if you're going to attract kids to your programs now. You just, you just do. Um, it can't be all hard work and blood and guts anymore. That don't get it done, you know. Um, I don't know anybody that's lasting very long coaching with that mentality anymore, you know. And uh, I think I think the buzz is a lot of fun for kids. You know, you watch the kids at Green Bay and their effort, you know. I've never had a kid tell me they didn't absolutely love running the buzz. It's because of the freedom, right? And that's a great word that I, I think I'll, uh, is that, that freedom, that ownership. Yeah. And particularly at the, don't you think, you mentioned it before, at, for the women and, and, and girls, they love that aspect of the game. So that's a great selling point, right? It is. The ownership piece, too, getting them to take ownership by empowering them. You right. can empower. That's the thing the buzz does. It forces you as a coach, if you're going to teach it right, to empower your athletes and grow your, grow your leader, grow leaders. That's how you grow leaders is to empower people. And that might surprise people, but that's something that I truly, really believe in.
and believe that I did a really good job of through many, many years. Coach, you know, I'm actually trying to get this guy on a podcast, Coach Dean Weiss uh, in Texas. He runs a combination press uh, that's very similar to what Jerry and you guys run. I would love to have you guys get together. Oh, He's a, a legend in Texas. Yeah. Uh, and I've been studying yeah. that. And, of course, I, I want to write a book on the buzz defense. And, the, yeah. uh, and I, I want to make sure that I get all the details of it. But, yeah. uh, hey, Mike, hey, hey, you're always a treat and a pleasure to talk to. I love, uh, matter of fact, um, I'm really hoping you get back into our profession because I think you're Thank you. Um, a true great master teacher of the game. Any final words you would like to offer and how can the coaches get a hold of you? Well, my email, you email me anytime. Uh, I have two different emails. Mike DeVilbus at Gmail is the easiest way. Okay. Um, and then Mike.DeVilbus at Lakeland272.org is my school email. And I try to get back to everybody who's emailed me through the years. Uh, I love helping. I love doing it. Um, I'm honored to be able to, somebody thinks I can help them. Um, you know, I just be thankful. That's something that I, I'm trying to live my life more. Uh, two things, just with a thankful heart, you know, for the opportunity that I get to lead people and to be around kids and adults that feel like you can empower and grow. Be thankful for those opportunities that you get as a coach because the two, I really believe this, the two most important words in the English language are coach says. Coach says. Those kids are going to go home and say coach says way more than our math teacher says. Right. Right. Um, I can tell you through this COVID stuff, uh, our kids having the opportunity to play sports and 20 miles west of us in Washington, those kids aren't getting to play. I've had more meetings about sports continuing than we have about academics continuing. Hmm. And both are important. Right. Uh, they are both important to the mental health of kids. And um, I just, sports is really, really important. And be thankful for the opportunity that you have to use a game to teach life skills to kids. That's the biggest thing I would tell you. And just try to stay in the moment. Staying in the moment is uh, really hard. Really hard, I think, especially for coaches because we're always – projecting the next game, the next practice, the next season, what's it going to look like. But just enjoy the moments that you have because they can go away really quick. Enjoy today, right? Enjoy yeah. exactly right. It's so yeah. true. Right? Yeah, As those two things I really believe in. So, yeah. yeah. Um, hey, I would like to thank you for uh, making a big difference in my life. I, you, I, you're a great teacher of the game. I, you know, like I tell everybody, I got all your, all your, your videos are still very effective for many coaches today. Um, and I appreciate what you're doing. I love your defense, matter of fact. Uh, but thank you for uh, you taking the time out to share with me, Mike. Well, thank so thank you. Let, let me just say one more thing that uh, the offensive fundamental one is the first one I ever did. Great. And it's, it's amazing how many people won't take the time to learn that detail of the game. 
And Cisco still has that. Mm -hmm. And they have the Buzz DVD too, and so does Championship. Mm -hmm. But um, those are those are uh, those are really good. I, and another DVD that I look at that I I think is really powerful is the Footwork of Shooting mm -hmm. that a lot of people I don't think have seen. I did that with at a clinic with a college kid at a tech school in Wisconsin. We did a clinic in Rice Lake, and that one was really really fun to do. And it was really fun to watch the process of the, that detail and the footwork and the stuff he was learning. But um, anyway, I'm glad you brought the DVDs up because that, I, I'm, I'm honored that people would still think they're useful. So thank you. Oh, very useful. And hey, we got to do a clinic just on the footwork of shooting with one of your kids over there. I would yeah, love yeah. to watch that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we will. We'll do that. We'll do that this this winter. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're trying to get you out here to Georgia for a clinic, Mike. Let's do that. We got to start promoting that. Georgia. I love Georgia. I love <laughs> down there. Absolutely, Mike. Mike Develbus, thanks again for sharing with us. I really appreciate it, Coach. Thank you, Kevin. It's my All right, honor. All right. All right. hang on so there. Much. All right, buddy. See you. All right. Thank you. Uh huh. Bye. Coaches, hello, this is Coach Kevin Furtado. <clears throat> I am the director and uh, founder of Championship Vision Podcast. Uh, we are doing our first annual Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series. Uh, the clinic series is a one-of-a-kind basketball coaching instructional clinic. We'll have the best high school basketball coaches in the country sharing their secrets to their success of their programs. We'll have two types of virtual clinics, lecture and on-court instructional. Both of these will be done to provide you the best instructional resources to improve your basketball program. The lecture series will be a Zoomcast instructional <clears throat> program done with the highest of integrity, who will have the best high school basketball coaches in the country giving detailed analysis of their programs. The on-court instruction, this will be recorded videos of specific basketball topics done on court from some of the best high school basketball coaches in America. They will be conducting drills and skills with their players in an on-court instructional setting. All of these great coaches are first class. They are all nationally ranked coaches and programs. <clears throat> the clinics will be available on October 30th, 2020. You can purchase any time before that date. The clinics will be emailed to your address on October 30th. You can also purchase the clinics after October 30th on my website at www.championshipvision.org. Here are some of the clinicians and speakers for the clinic. Coach Lynn Farello, head boys basketball coach at Paul VI High School in Chantilly, Virginia. He was a 2020 nationally ranked program, 12th ranked program on Max Prep. His topic will be building all around players. Coach Tim Hayworth, head boys basketball coach at Mayo High School in Louisville, Kentucky, four-time Kentucky State champions. His topic, zone offensive sets. Coach Rob Buechler, head boys basketball coach, Eastern High School, Sardinia, Ohio. Topic, off-season skill development. Coach Jerry Finkbeiner, former Utah State, Oral Roberts, and Southern Nazarene University women's basketball coach. The topic, the Twilight Zone defense, which he created. 
Coach Mike DeVilbus, head women's basketball coach Lewis and Clark State University in Southern Idaho, former Illinois assistant women's basketball coach, former assistant women's basketball coach, Wisconsin Green Bay University, and current athletic director at Lakeland High School in North Idaho. His topic, the buzz defense. Coach Jeff Graham, head girls basketball coach at Bilt High School, Bilt, Montana, six times Montana's girls basketball state champion. His topic, individual workouts and competitive shooting. Coach Gene Durden and his son, Kobe Durden, head girls basketball coach, Buford High School, eight-time Georgia High School state champion. Kobe Durden, assistant girls basketball coach at Buford. The topic, Buford's post-pre-practice drills. Coach Danny Brizard, head boys basketball coach at St. Thomas More Catholic High School, Lafayette, Louisiana, career record 1,021 wins and 134 losses. Topics, building a complete program and winning skill development drills. Coach Rhonda Farney, head girls basketball coach at Georgetown High School in Georgetown, Texas, sixth all-time lead. It lists and wins in 1,183. The topic, sustaining success at your program and also the combination press. Coach Joe Lombard, former head girls basketball coach, Canyon High School, Canyon, Texas, 19 state high school state championships in Texas. His topic, full court pressure defense. Coach Stephen Mackey, founder and CEO of Two Words Character Development. Topic, how to develop a character development curriculum at your school. Coach Charlie Miller, head coach with Breakthrough Basketball, founder of Attack Basketball Academy. And also Coach Jim Huber, head coach with Breakthrough Basketball. The topic, holistic basketball, a unique approach to looking at all aspects of a basketball player, mental, physical, and emotional, and how to integrate all of these in developing a complete basketball player. Coach Jarrett Hunsinger, head girls basketball coach at Boonville High School, and Coach Greg Bisher, head boys basketball coach at La Plata High School in La Plata, Missouri. The topic, the 1-2-2 ball press. Coach Doug Porter, head women's basketball coach, Bethel University, Meshaqua, Indiana. Coach Gary Smith, legendary men's basketball coach at Redlands University in Redlands, California. Topic, coaching the system. Coach Zan Lahudney, Inducted into the Texas Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame in May of 1999. The great basketball coach, three state championships in Texas and seven state runner-up titles at Victoria East High School in Texas. Topic, competitive winning basketball drills. Coach Nicole Dixon, head girls basketball coach, Holy Innocent High School, Atlanta, Georgia. 2020 GHSA State Single A Girls Basketball Champion. Topic, one body, many parts, valuing and empowering coaches and players. And Coach Kevin Furtado, <clears throat> head girls varsity basketball coach at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. The topic, transition offensive drills and hop shooting technique. So <clears throat> if you want access to these, uh, I will be sending out a link to a Google form sheet. You fill out if you want the complete series, $29.99. And if you want individual uh, clinics, it's $4.99. So you can't beat this. You got some of the best coaches in America 
for this price, it's unbelievable. All Zoom clinics, all recorded clinics for you to view. So, hey, I'm looking forward to um, having you guys contact me. You can contact me at my email address at furtadok57 at gmail.com, or you can call me at 478-461-4403, the Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series. Stay tuned.